Episode 73, Serving the Customer, Move Decision-Making Downward. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. And welcome to The Game Changers. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. So good to have you with us. And I'm going to start out, Jason, where the hell have you been? Uh, all over the world, Dale. Uh, <laughs> I've been in uh, Sri Lanka. I've been in the Middle East. I've been in Dubai. I've been in Minneapolis. I've been in Detroit. I've been in Boston. I'm on my way to uh, Paris and Bogota, Colombia. And uh, I, I guess we might as well let everybody know what happened. Well, uh, journey- I, I'm going to pause you right there real quick just to give some context. I, I asked that question obviously joking, but we've had to take a few weeks off from the podcast. There are episodes missing. We really work hard to get a weekly episode out, and we have missed a few weeks. So that's for listeners just joining us. That's why the question, that way to start us off. Well, and Dale, I'm not going to belabor the point, but uh, that uh, airplane ride from Dubai to San Francisco is about a 17 and a half to 18 hour flight. They board you about 60 to 90 minutes early. It takes about uh, 30 minutes to get the double jetway hooked up. So you're on the airplane uh, for 20 hours with 425 people. And all of a sudden, I realized if you put together any group of 425 people, you're going to have some sick people. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you're first class, business class, or coach, you're all breathing the same air. And I'm not going to go into any details. However, for a week and a half, I was sicker than I've ever been with a flu and a bronchitis that just had me down for the count. So I it's good to be back. Sorry, and I'm glad to hear you're you're well. So, but but I was traveling again this week, <laughs> and you're still well. That's the important part. <laughs> and I'm still well. So I'm guessing our topic today, serving the customer. You've got a great story about customer service. It must have happened somewhere in one of your travels. Uh, it happened just this week. Uh, so this week I had travels to uh, Detroit, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Boston. And it depends on when people are listening to this. Uh, there was snow in Detroit. There was snow in Minneapolis. Uh, it was freezing cold. But more importantly, uh, there was lots of snow that got dumped in Boston. And so I was on that final leg from Minneapolis to Boston where I had a speech and as you might guess, the uh, airplane is uh, a half hour delayed. It's uh, another half hour delayed. It's another half hour delayed. And it ended up being delayed a number of hours. And you can't fault anybody because our airplane was sitting right there. It had a crew. And the problem was they were waiting for the AOK from air traffic control in Boston to say, yeah, get in the air. And so uh, I was lucky. I, I was spending most of my time in the uh, Delta Sky Lounge. And finally, after this several hour delay, uh, they made the announcement, uh, if you're going to be on the Boston flight, uh, gate C2 is quite a distance away. You probably want to start walking. And so I, I start walking down, and the Minneapolis airport is a huge labyrinth. I, I actually love it. There's always something happening there. And I come up to gate C2, and Dale, my jaw drops. My eyes must have jumped out of my skull like ping pong balls. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, all of the people waiting in the gate area, were having a pizza party courtesy of Delta Airlines. Delta Airlines had purchased 40 pizzas, uh, soda pops, and all kinds of snacks, and everybody was having a party, 
and having a heck of a good time. And so I, I, I stepped back almost in amusement watching this, and everybody was talking about how wonderful Delta is and how nice Delta is to have done this. And I'm thinking, you know, for the past 18 years of my life, I've been the highest tier flyer on United Airlines that you can be. Uh, I have never seen anything like this because, as you're probably aware, in cases of weather, uh, airlines don't have to do anything for you. Uh, and in fact, in the case of United, where I've been top tier for so long, all you'd get is attitude and a stern explanation of we don't have to do anything for you. And here was this incredible pizza party going on and generating this immense amount of goodwill. So I had to research it a little bit. And so I went up to the gate agent and I said, are you the gate agent in charge of this flight? And she said, yes, I am. I said, whose idea was it for a pizza party? And she said it was mine. She said, customers come first at Delta. I said, well, I mean, did you have to – you called your manager. You called your boss. You called the station agent in Minneapolis. No. When I'm in charge of boarding a flight, I'm in charge of our customers and I get to make the decisions. And so I, I got on the airplane and I took out a piece of paper and a pen and I thought, OK, 40 pizzas. Uh, they probably get a wholesale price at the airport uh, from Pizza Hut or wherever they bought them. So say that they bought them for $10 or $12 a piece. Soda pops, they probably bought for you know less than a buck a piece. Snacks, they had less probably than $800 to $1,000 in this pizza party. And then you take the number of passengers on board the flight and you multiply you, – you make a guess as to what that average passenger was spending. And I would guess it was probably about three to $400. So all of a sudden, I mean you've got seventy-five, eighty, dollars or $85,000 in revenue. And I mean can you afford to spend $1,000 and generate this immense amount of goodwill? But I can tell you what the problem is at other carriers. Uh, I mean if it was United, I mean if somebody wanted to do that – at, at a United Gate someplace, I mean, they would be calling Chicago and stuck on hold for all of time. I mean, they'd have to call the home office to get an approval to do something like that. As and I we said, can't do it there because we'd have to do it everywhere else. And then somebody uh, else is going to walk exactly down the right. walkway and they're going to see the pizza and they're going to come take it. And they're not our customer. That's so, ex yeah, ex that's exactly right. But I love what Delta did because let's just take you as the example. How many miles a year do you typically fly? About 300,000. Okay, that's a lot of airplane tickets. Now, I you said you were. I think you used a past tense in there, a United customer. Uh, yeah. Who are, you gonna, just, who are you flying yeah. from now on? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, uh, anytime I can catch a Delta flight, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm catching a Delta flight. This, this, was just, uh, this was actually, one, the event was heartwarming. Two, who was making the decision? was heartwarming to me. It told me that Delta really gets it. And it's no surprise uh, in recent customer satisfaction surveys, I mean, that they're killing American and that they're killing United. And so what I did is, uh, you know, professionally, I, I, I use my website, jason-jennings.com, and I use LinkedIn. But for family and, and close friends, I use Facebook. And so I just I, – I, I did a Facebook post and I said, I just saw the darndest thing that I've never seen in my life and I explained what had happened. And all of a sudden, the Raleigh's comments, yep, exact same thing happened to me when I was stranded here and there or I'm in Atlanta. You can't believe the nice things Delta does for us. And uh, so one, it's the fact that they did it. They, they understood the value of the customer. 
And number two, the magical part, is where they moved the decision-making down to. They were not waiting for some pencil pusher in a corporate tower thousands of miles away to say, pizza? I don't think so. So let's break this down for the business owner who's driving into work today, and they're listening to this thinking, wow, okay, so how do I apply this in my business? I hear empowerment as you tell the story, that you've got to empower your frontline employees. I call them the mayor of the business. Uh, I was... I was talking to a mayor once, and, and they they explained that when they had a meeting of city employees, uh, he, the mayor, would tell the city employees, I'm not the mayor, you're the mayor. You're the one face-to-face with the people. You are the city. And so remember that. You're the mayor, not me. You're the mayor. And I think that's an important conversation for business owners to have with those frontline conversations. And what it comes down to is this. Uh, the company uh, that actually pioneered this uh, 20 years ago was Ritz-Carlton Hotels. Uh, They empowered housekeepers and maids up to a two or three or $400 level. Uh, They empowered uh, front desk clerks up to 500 to $1,000 level uh, that they they could make a decision to write a situation uh, before they had to talk to somebody else. And so, of course, the belief, I mean, it, it really tells you a lot about where you come from in life. If you say to yourself, my God, I could never do that. They'd give away the damn store. I just don't trust them. Well, if that's the case, then the issue is not that you're afraid to empower. The issue is that you don't trust the people you have. And I think that that speaks to a much larger issue. You either believe that people are going to make the right decision and act in the interests not only of the customer but of the company or you just can't bring yourself to believe that. I would say go back and listen to some earlier episodes where we talk about hiring the right people, because obviously if you can't trust them, they're not the right people. Uh, That's exactly right. And listen to a previous episode where we laid out how you do the math on determining the lifetime value of a customer. Yes, absolutely. So so what I hear you, I mean, we're talking steps here. Step number one, you're going to drive the decision-making I'm going to say outward to that front-facing person who is interacting and engaging with your customer. And then you're yep. going to give them a budget. Yes. You can, here's literal cash to make things right or yes. the ability. The, so you're giving them some freedom. So you drive it out. You give them freedom. You give them a budget. What are some other ways that you've seen this really take root and be successful for a business? Well, I, I, I think first and foremost – the, the business, one, has to know the lifetime value of a customer. And in an earlier episode, we tell people how to do that. And in my books, I explain uh, in my book, uh, The High Speed Company, uh, and the book, The Reinventors, I think in both of those books, we lay out, here's how you compute the lifetime value of a customer. And so I'm just thinking of a, you know, a, a casual restaurant uh, where mom and dad and a couple of kids uh, come in a couple of times a month. Well, you know, that's a, that's a $50 visit to $60 visit each time, a couple of times a month. That's $120 uh, over the course of a year. I mean, that's about fifteen or $1,600. How long are they going to live there? Well, they're probably going to live there six or seven years. That's how long they're going to have the kids. I mean, so you multiply that. And when they walk in the door, 
I mean, they represent four, five, or six thousand dollars. There's no business that cannot figure out the lifetime value, the potential lifetime value of a customer. And you have to, as part of your training, you have to counsel everyone who works for you. I mean, that they have to see everybody walking into the store, walking into the restaurant, walking into the business with a yellow post-it note stuck in the middle of their forehead with a number on it. And I mean, they have to understand they're not selling a $6 latte. I mean, they're selling a customer who has the ability to spend twenty-five dollars or $30,000 over a lifetime. So first of all, that's the mindset that you have to have. The second mindset that you have to have is you, uh, the organization must exist to constantly exceed the expectations of customers or you're not going to keep them. In an earlier episode, we talked about some uh, landmark research that was first done about 20 years ago by Dr. Earl Sasser from the Harvard Business School. It's been replicated hundreds of times since. That proves uh, – I love to look, stand in front of audience and say, okay, what do satisfied customers do? And people start raising their hands. Satisfied customers stay. Satisfied customers tell others. Satisfied customers spend more money. And I say, no, that's not true anymore. Satisfied customers leave. It is no longer sufficient to satisfy customers. The bar is always being raised. The way you keep customers is by exceeding their expectation. So one, know the lifetime value of a customer. Create an ethos. Create a culture of going out of your way to do what is right for the customer and exceed their expectations. Move decision-making as low as you possibly can in the organization. I mean, if you've got a landscaping service and somebody's unhappy, I mean, what does it take? I mean, for the landscaper to say, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, you weren't happy with last week's job. You know what we're going to do uh, to make you happy? I'm going to cut the grass for free this week and do free edging. I mean, is that okay? Will that make things right? I mean, so empower people at the lowest level. and But most importantly, you can't do that unless you believe in the people uh, who are working for you and believe that they're going to make the right decision. And the way you know they're going to make the right decision is if they see you making the right decision. And so what you're basically saying, there's a bit of a transference here. If you say, I don't trust my people, what you're basically saying is you don't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we'll leave you to think about that the rest of this week. That's a game changer. And this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, it is so good to be back on the air with you. I want to bring folks' attention really quickly to um, to iTunes. And if you have not done so already, please go subscribe to this podcast while you are there. If you would write a review and leave a rating, we would be most grateful. So here's the deal. Um, Did you know you have only five-star ratings for this? No, I didn't. Yeah, so only five-star ratings uh, that are out for the the Game Changer. And I'm going to read you a, a recent review by S. Wayne. No matter what you do in business, from the top line to the bottom line, there will always be something you'll learn from listening to the Game Changers. There is wh- there is no one in business consulting today that has the depth and scope of Jason Jennings' vast experience with businesses in every possible category. He's interviewed the top business leaders of our day, and we are fortunate for him to share these experiences with us on a regular basis. So subscribe, listen, learn, and enjoy. And in closing, 
I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. I love an email I received this week, and it said, I have so much missed the Game Changers for the past couple of weeks. What's going on? I miss Dale Dixon's sexy voice. <laughs> yeah. No, so my wife has your email address. Okay. No, that, uh, so we've got, we're making a difference for listeners. That's the big thing. And if you're finding this content valuable and helpful and you moving your business forward, uh, spread the joy and let others know about it. That's why a review and a rating in, in iTunes is helpful. Doesn't it doesn't help us, uh, Jason and Dale? But what it does is get the content in front of more people, so that more people can experience this change, this positive change in their business. So that's why we we make the ask. And uh, Jason, great to be with you. Great to have you back. We are back next week. We're going to be talking about the joy and uh, just how great it is to be allowed to practice your craft. And you've got a great story for that as well. I do. Okay. We're going to talk to you next week. All right. Thanks. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Make it a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.